Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, the founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Networks. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hello, hello, everyone. How are you? Uh, This is Nikki Tobias, uh, Life and Executive Coach with Grounded Vision Coaching. Um, It's been a minute since I've been on, so I'm so excited um, to talk to you, and I'm super excited to share this topic. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but I have been really on fire lately, sort of creatively and coming up with lots of ideas, and um, that full moon really had me going when other people were feeling like they were really tired and and, and dragging. I was um, creating all kinds of things, and um, so I felt a little bit of my drain and tired right after, but um, it, it's coming back, and I'm loving that. So today, I really wanted to chat with all of you about the things we leave unsaid, And so I want to talk about what those things are, why they are, uh, when you might say something about them, how you might say something about them. And so I want to always give you a chance to call in and chat with me uh, while this show is airing. So you can call 646-716-9397, press 1 to get in the queue so that I know you'd like to chat. But I'd love to hear about um, this topic from you and from your perspective. So it came to me the other day in my creation. I I, um, literally, this is how crazy it was, I literally hung a bunch of those really large easel-sized post-it notes all throughout my dining room. I had four of them hanging, and one of them was all these different things that I wanted to create, that I wanted to write about or journal about or dig into. And then I had the other three to catch the notes and the ideas that were coming to me from that initial um, giant Post-it note. And it was so much fun because it was active and I was up and I could move between the Post-it notes and I had big markers. And, um, you know, too often I find myself and I hear other people talk about how they have these great ideas or, or these little nudges to spend some time on a topic, but they're driving in their car or they're in the shower or they're, you know, somewhere that they can't jot it down. And so I I really intentionally made some time over um, a whole week to be in the dining room with these Post-it notes creating things. And it was amazing and it was fulfilling and I kind of brain dumped all sorts of things that I'll be excited to share with you um, and and my coaching clients moving forward. So um, if this feels jumbled, it's probably because all of my notes are on this giant post-it, um, but I'm hoping you'll bear with me because I think it's a really interesting thing to think about. I've never, I've never heard anybody talk about the things that, that are left unsaid. And so um, I'm hoping this is, is, thoughtful and thought-provoking for you as well. So when I was thinking about what are the things I've left unsaid in my life, um, 
for me, a lot of them were more uh, emotional in nature, um, things that helped me feel raw or vulnerable somehow. Um, but I also, in that reflection, realized that there were a lot of things that I said that probably weren't heard in the way that I hoped that they would be, or the goal wasn't met, my intention didn't, the way that I shared it didn't match my intention and because I was angry or because I didn't think through how I wanted to say what I wanted to say or when or how it could be heard, um, how to choose the words, those kinds of things that, you know, I, I may have led with anger or I may have led with reaction as opposed to taking a minute to really think through what was in my head and what was in my heart and how I wanted that conversation to go. But when I when I think about my coaching clients, when I think about myself and friends and family, um, and I even I even crowdsourced some of this, and I said, what are the things that are left unsaid? Here is the list that I came up with. Saying I'm sorry is often left unsaid. Asking for what we need or what we want in our relationships, in our jobs, in our lives. Talking with someone about how they hurt you. Sometimes it's hard or it goes unsaid that we miss someone or we love someone. Sometimes we don't give compliments. Compliments are the things that go unsaid. Maybe it's our expectations for our own lives or how we want to be treated. It's instituting boundaries for ourselves and in our relationships. Sometimes we don't say no when we really believe that we should be saying no to something. So no is the thing that goes unsaid. Perhaps owning our own bad behavior goes unsaid. This sense that I feel guilty or I screwed up. It's hard to admit when we screwed up. Sometimes what goes unsaid is that I need you to hear me out. I don't need you to explain. I don't need you to make excuses. I don't need you to fix this problem. I need you to hear me out. Sometimes we don't share that we're afraid or that we're worried that we are worrying about a thing, we're worrying about a person or the way something's going to go. We have fear in our lives. We don't always share when we're feeling really raw or really vulnerable. We don't always share what we're disappointed about. Those are often the things that we leave unsaid. Grief. Grief. I have been working with so many people grieving the loss of the ability of their bodies to do things they used to do or their pets or a family member, some aspect of themselves, um, a child going away to college or moving out of the house. Um, so many things we can be grieving about and grief is such a heavy process and, and such a, 
can be a long process. It can be a process full of ebbs and flows and ups and downs, and it really sneaks up on us. And so talking about our grief is often left unsaid. Talking about our feelings overall, and especially the feelings that fuel anger. I've talked on this show before about how anger is a secondary emotion. We're like never angry first, but anger is easy, and anger often feels really good. But getting to the root of what's fueling the anger will actually help us deal with it. And so um, thinking about the feelings that fuel the anger, thinking about our feelings overall, uh, appreciation, saying thank you, those are often things that go unsaid. And forgiveness goes unsaid, asking for forgiveness, giving someone else your forgiveness. I'm quite sure there are many, many more things that I could come up with or that you could come up with in terms of the things that we leave unsaid, and I would love to hear from you about that, what you've left unsaid and why or what you've observed other people not say and why. But when I look at that list, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot around feelings. There's a lot around emotions. There's a lot about vulnerability. There's a lot about intimacy. And I've done radio shows on both vulnerability and intimacy. But the theme that I think happens about this list, within this list, is that it is about us and what we need to live our best lives. And I wonder how often the things on this list that go unsaid are about the things that we're not saying to ourselves, that maybe we are not forgiving ourselves. Maybe we're not getting clear about our own boundaries or our expectations for ourselves. Maybe we don't compliment ourselves or say that we love ourselves or that we're finding ourselves. Maybe we need to say I'm sorry to ourselves or to really own that we screwed that up and we're going to do better next time. So I don't think it's always about something to be said to someone else. I think there's a piece here that really fits in terms of our own self-reflection and what of these things could we gift ourselves with, could we honor ourselves with. And so... it led me to think about why, 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 why do we not say these things that um, that we could say, that maybe we ought to say, that need to be said. And I think about the fear that rises in having these conversations. I think about the folks who are really afraid of conflict or making waves. I think about the folks that fear the reaction of the person they're going to tell. They fear that that person might be angry, that the relationship might change, that there might be rejection in that conversation. There are people that don't share it because they're really just so angry and they don't want to have the conversation while they're in a place of anger, which I think is a huge self-knowing and really, really useful Some people I've heard, some coaching clients of mine have said, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. I've tried it all before, or that person won't listen. It's just not worth it. Um, Some people talk about their pride. I couldn't possibly 
um, say this to them. I couldn't possibly share these feelings. Um, I don't want people to know that I'm afraid. I don't want people to know that I'm hurt. I want to be tough. I want to be seen as uh, having it all together. Um, you know, that their pride really gets in the way of sharing these things. And then I think for me often and, and many other folks, the reason that we don't share is we don't have the words. We don't have the words to say what we're feeling. And so um, sometimes in the lack of not having the words, or for me sometimes it's that a couple words might come to mind, but none of them are exactly what I'm thinking or feeling. And so I struggle to find the the right word, the perfect word. And while it helps me then to find a really accurate good word and, and to name the feeling or, or what's happening for me, I also know that that sense of perfection in choosing a word is me hiding hiding behind a difficult conversation, hiding behind an emotional conversation, hiding behind um, the fact that perhaps I feel like it's easier to not say the thing that needs to be said than to deal with the consequences of saying the thing that needs to be said. But that brings me back to this idea, um, definitely a Nickyism, of um, what do you have to lose? You're at no now. If this thing, whatever this thing is that you're leaving unsaid, is causing resentment for you, it's causing um, your emotions to be stuffed, it's causing physical discomfort, dis-ease in your body, then saying that I need to choose the right word or it isn't worth it or this person's never going to be different or they're not going to hear me or I worry about rejection or I'm afraid of what's going to come of this, all those are excuses to not honor yourself and your body in this sense that there is dis-ease, there's discord, there's discomfort in your body, in your soul, in your heart, in your mind, because your soul, your heart, your mind, your body are trying to tell you that something has to be different. And so if this situation is really difficult already, perhaps you're at no now. Perhaps having this conversation wouldn't make the situation even worse. Perhaps it could be better. You know, I talk with people about who say, man, I really want to raise or I really want to change jobs. I really want to, um, you know, ask a friend to treat me a little differently in this relationship. And then they say, but I can't do that. And there's too much to lose. And then we actually run through the, the ways that they're feeling and what's already really bad um, in whatever situation it is, and then I say, so what do you really have to lose? And we process that out. Often, there isn't anything to lose, or what there is to lose is nothing like having to live through it. So in the example that I really want to raise, if you go to your boss and say, I really want to raise, here's why I deserve a raise, Maybe you get the raise, and that'd be spectacular. But if you don't get the raise, you're not losing the money you're already making because you didn't get the raise. You're at no now. If you ask this other person in your life to treat you differently somehow in your relationship, they could say no. No, not going to do that any differently. Well, 
then you have the same relationship you had before. But what if, what if they say okay and they try really hard to provide you with what you need in that situation? So I was thinking some about these particular situations in my life, and I, I'm, I wanted to share some stories with you, and I hope that's okay. Um, I very vividly remember a time when I was in college, and um, I found out in a really round, roundabout way as I was about to come home for spring break that my grandmother had breast cancer and that she had been receiving treatment for that breast cancer for um, months actually weeks or months and no one had told me that she had been diagnosed with breast cancer and that she had had lumps removed and that she was in treatment and my family told me that they didn't tell me they didn't disclose her diagnosis or this treatment because they didn't want me to worry they didn't want me to quit school they didn't want me to feel like I had to be home for the semester they didn't want me to worry and while I can understand where they're coming from, I really, really took issue with that. I felt like I was an adult and that school was my decision to make and how I handled um, going to school or taking a semester off or, or or even just choosing to call my grandmother more often or to come home more often was was definitely my, my choice to make. And um, And I also really thought about how, if heaven forbid, she had died that I wouldn't have been able to say goodbye, that they'd have taken that for me because they didn't know how to tell me that this was happening and they didn't want me to worry. And so I really asked from them to treat me like an adult, the adult that I was, the responsible adult that I was. And, you know, it's taken a while, but I do believe now that there is a different interaction that my mother and my grandparents and and even my uncles have with me around um, some of those difficult conversations about my grandparents' health and and even about my mom or my uncle's health. And so I, I, I know it was really difficult for them at the time. I know it was really hard for me at the time. But talking with them about how much that hurt me and the fact that they could have made decisions for me that I had no say or control over and that I didn't even know were being made without me could have taken away experiences that I could have had with my grandmother that I that I wouldn't have had the chance to get back. And so I'm so thankful now that I was honest with them about how that hurt my feelings and how disrespected I felt. And um, and I actually spent every day of spring break with my grandmother that year and um, took her for, for radiation every day that week. And, um, and I will tell you, she's, um, I think, 10 years, 10 plus 16 years, actually, it was in 2016 years, um, now surviving and breast cancer free. So that's amazing. At some point after uh, all that happened, my grandparents decided to move from Pennsylvania to Florida. And they had some sort of going away gathering, apparently. And my mom and I weren't invited. And uh, my grandparents helped to raise me, really helped to raise me. And they provided a lot of stability in my life and a lot of love. And um, they apparently hired a, a a big rig truck and a moving service and they had a house built in Florida and they moved. And I didn't learn that this had happened until 
they were in Florida. And I know that sounds ridiculous, right? I'm close with them. I talk to them on the phone all the time. I was still in college at this point. And um, so it sounds crazy that I didn't know, but they really kept that from me. And so I remember being in my master's program. It's a very, very vivid in-color memory. I don't have many of those um, growing up, but I very vividly remember being in my master's program in a, in a counseling class and driving home from school that day sobbing, 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 sobbing about how my grandparents had moved so far away and I couldn't just drive down the road and visit with them anymore. And I think more, again, about the fact that I didn't get to say goodbye and that they, in my eyes, took the easy way out and just moved. And I had had this conversation with my grandmother many, many times, and she just kept saying that wasn't true, that we were invited and we knew all about it and um, it wasn't a big party and et cetera, et cetera. The way I saw it, excuse, excuse, excuse. And that didn't make any sense to me because I'd have been there. I'd have been at that social gathering. I'd have been there to say goodbye. And so in my tears and my sobs and, and in the way that she could barely understand me on the phone, I called on my way home that day and I said, I don't need you to explain. I don't need you to tell me the truth. I don't need to, for you to give me excuses. I need you to hear me out. And again, through those tears, I talked about them leaving and how hurtful that was for me and why couldn't they just say that that's what was happening? Why couldn't they just explain that they um, were going to move and, and, you know, that was their choice as, as, as um, you know, grown adults in the world. That is absolutely within their ability to make that decision for themselves. And I wanted nothing more than to have them be happy. And that was the first time when I said through my tears and my sobbing that I don't need an explanation and I don't need an excuse. I don't need your reasoning why this was right or that was wrong or, or why you didn't tell us or why you had a party or why you're moving. I, you know, what I need is for you to hear me out. And I unloaded all that stuff, not out of anger, but out of hurt and out of genuine longing for nurture and support. And it was the first time she actually said that that had happened, that they had um, had a house built and hired a, a moving company and moved all their things, and that they didn't tell me because it was going to be too hard to say goodbye. And in that, I really learned what she had left unsaid. And I can tell you from that moment forward, everything shifted. I got to say what was had been on my heart and weighing on my heart for, I don't even know, months or a year at that point. I got to really, really, really um, unearth and unload some of my own stuff about it. And in that vulnerability, in that intimacy, in sharing what was wholly me at that time, she was able to be wholly her and to explain that it was going to be entirely too emotional for them to say goodbye to me. And so they avoided it, and they owned that. And, um, again, I'm so happy to say that, like, I talk with my grandparents all the time, and, and my grandparents are in their 80s now, and um, they text 
and they FaceTime and they're on Facebook and it's amazing and I love that and that makes me chuckle every single time I think about it. And um, for those of you my age or younger, you know, uh, my grandmother learned how to text on an old flip phone when you had to hit like three, you know, three times to get a what? F or something. I mean, you know, she, she didn't learn on a smartphone. She didn't learn in a way that was easy, and she did that for many, many months. And so every single time I get a text message from her and every single time I, I have them on Facebook or FaceTime, um, I really, I just chuckle because I think that is super, super cool that um, my grandparents in their 80s do those things. I think about another story with my very best friend who um, – I had, in in a marriage of my mother's, in a new relationship of my mother's, moved to a different high school, and I had to start over and meet all new people. And um, I met a young lady in, early in my time there, and we hit it off right away. And she was um, sarcastic and funny and witty and really super smart and um, just fun to be around. And, and she took me in. And... Uh, Gosh, I, you know, I was so I'm so thankful to have met someone. And she had been in the district her whole life, and so she knew lots of other people and helped me really get connected. And we ended up playing years of, of field hockey together and have many, 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 many beautiful, warm, fun memories of field hockey games and traveling in the bus to other games and, um, you know, just just all those fun memories that you have of high school dances and relationships and laughter and uh, we went to different colleges and we stayed in touch and um, we both had gotten married and we stayed in touch and then all of a sudden um, you know she disappeared and oh gosh it just fit into this thing I had been learning right that everybody leaves my mom had multiple marriages and divorces my grandparents up and moved to Florida and now my very best friend disappeared. And so I had really come to believe that everybody in the world leaves. And, um, you know, I had called and and emailed and um, wrote a letter and was desperately trying to figure out what had happened to cause her to go MIA. And, you know, explained, if I had done something wrong, please tell me what happened. I want to work this out. I want to do the work. This this relationship really matters to me. And I didn't hear anything. And I knew that she was a teacher, and I knew that she was um, what school district she was teaching in. And every so often I would hear something from somebody that we had in common about how she was. I could never find her on Facebook. You know, I had no idea. And then you know what? I was on Twitter one day, and I don't really tweet. I don't love Twitter. (laughs) I own that. Um, and I, I saw someone that looked like it could have been her, and it was her name, and I thought, well, what do I do? Do I request a follower? Because then she's going to know that I know she's on Twitter. And then I reminded myself I was at no now. There was already not a relationship, so if she chose to not let me follow her, I was no worse off, and maybe just maybe it would be better. Maybe just maybe we could reconnect somehow. Mind you, something like nine or ten years had passed, Um maybe a little less than that, I'm not sure. And she agreed and let me follow her. And um, even weeks and months went on from then where I said, hey, how you doing? What's going on in your life? Catch me up. Um, And I remember once or twice sort of saying, where'd you go? 
What happened? Where you been? And for a really long time, the answer I got was um, I was busy or I went to school. I was working. Uh, I was building my family. And, you know, I didn't push it. I didn't push it. I was afraid to lose her again. And I thought maybe just maybe when she's ready, I'll get to understand what happened. And so we messaged through Twitter off and on for many weeks um, and then actually sort of made the leap to move to texting too. And um, in some of those conversations, she was really able to get vulnerable in listening to the radio show, in, in thinking more about our lives and vulnerability and intimacy one day she actually um, contacted me and said, what level of intimacy do you believe that we're on and where would you like us to be after listening to my radio show about the seven levels of intimacy? And in that exact moment, my heart opened up. And there was an understanding that we all show up as we are exactly able in that moment and that when we know more, when we can do more, we do. And that reminder that in those nine years and throughout her whole life, she was doing the absolute best that she could. And then an awareness that throughout my whole life, I've done the best that I could. Does that make either of our journeys or this journey with my grandmother or my family not telling me that she was ill or, or them saying they were moving to Florida, does it make any of those things less hurtful or easier to deal with? No. I mean, probably not. I still had the feelings that I had. I still think that there are things I made mistakes about and things I might do differently if I had them to do over. But that real understanding that everybody is doing the very best that they can allows us all to have grace and patience for ourselves and one another. And, you know, last week, for the first time in nine years, she called me, actually called me. We spoke. And again, my heart opened up. We only got to talk for a few minutes, and, and she's dealing with some grief, actually, a loss of a, a good friend and a, and a colleague's partner. And, uh, and we only got to talk for a few minutes. But I was really of the awareness that that was what she was able to do in the moment. And so I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that. And she's been really vulnerable with me about, where she had been and what was going on in her for her and in her life and 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 what she believed the rules of the world were and what she believed she had to do to have the life that she wanted and i had spent all those years believing that i had done something wrong and i had hurt her feelings or i had driven her away or this sense that uh, everybody in the world leaves people just leave and what I got to learn about that was that it was never about me. And it wasn't for me to take personally that she had her own journey that she was on and, and is still on, just as I have my own journey. 
And so now we get to rebuild a relationship where the past has beautiful memories and fun and laughter. And then there's this whole chunk of our lives where we don't know what the other was doing and we get to catch up about that. And we get now as adults to create the boundaries and the expectations we have for ourselves and for each other in this relationship moving forward. And then, you know, the final example I'll share is um, there's someone in my life who I used to argue with quite a bit around their spending and sort of trying to fill themselves up with things they could buy, cars, clothes, shoes, jewelry, TVs, you name it. And it was somebody very, very close to me. And in those arguments, I would say, man, I hope this fills you up sometime. Like, I hope you get what you need from buying all this stuff. And it's been so, so, so interesting because lately that person continues to buy things and and to try to fill themselves up with stuff. But I found myself saying the very same things to this person but with an entirely different tone and a very different intention around I genuinely hope you can find a way to get the fulfillment that you're looking for. And, I mean, just the vibration in my body is different. That shift out of anger, out of frustration for them and what they were doing to themselves and and out of frustration that they couldn't see what they were doing to themselves to now this really loving, gentle place of saying, I hope whatever that hole is for you in your life, wherever that hurt lies in your heart, in your soul, I hope you can find a way to fill it up. You deserve to be filled up. And so I think that that leads me to when. When do we decide to say what's been left unsaid? And the realization that I had about that is what is the intention that we have for sharing it? Is the intention to get back at someone? Is the intention to be angry? Is the intention intention to just react? What is your goal for sharing what you'd like to share? Is it for their benefit? Is it for your benefit? Is it to hurt their feelings? Is it to feel better for you? Because I think when you realize, when you can get clear on why you would now say the thing that you've left unsaid, and when you understand that there is true benefit, true connection, that there's a way that you can both be better for the conversation and that the intention is to do no harm, that's when it might be time to have that conversation. And so then we lead to the how, right? So how do we do that? And, you know, the first step for me has really been based in the why has it been unsaid, What was I feeling initially? What am I feeling now? Getting clear about that goal. Why would I share this now? 
and then really focusing on what is my goal, what is the outcome I want, what is the intention that I have about having this conversation now. And if I can get clear, whether through journaling or coaching or counseling or um, you know, meditation, spirituality, maybe even conversations with, with friends or colleagues that you trust, respect, and admire. When I focus on what I want the outcome to be, what I hope the goal is, when I can get clear about how I want to feel, because most of us don't want to feel angry or vengeful or um, somehow reactionary, resentful, when we focus on how we want to feel, we want to feel love, we want to feel warmth, we want to feel connection, we want to feel closeness, we want to feel cherished, we want to feel nurtured, we want to feel connect. we want to feel authentic. When we can live in the how we want to feel, from that place we can decide how we need to say what we need to say to this other person in this situation. And then I think we have to think through how how do we share this information? Are we able to share it in a conversation? Are we able to share it face-to-face, belly-to-belly? Are we able to share it maybe face-to-face on Skype or FaceTime? Are we able to share it via phone? Or is it something that we have to be able to do in writing? that it would be better shared in a letter or a card. It would be better shared in an email. Because I'm pretty good at thinking on my feet. I can have most conversations in the moment, kind of live as it goes, and do that really quickly. But even in that situation, when, when this conversation really matters, I do a lot of soul-searching and clarity-seeking and kind of planning about what is it that I want to be able to say? What are those points that I want to cover? How do I stay in my intention and my goal for how I want to feel about that situation before that conversation ever happens? So if you're somebody who can have a good conversation with the person that you want to have the conversation with, then perhaps that's enough. You can have a true live conversation with somebody with with some notes or some ideas about what you want to get across and what you want to ask for. But there have been many other times, and I know many, many people who say, I just can't think that fast, or I get in my own way, or, or they have a reaction that maybe is angry or maybe is short or maybe even is really emotional and sad, and I don't know what to do in those moments. And so then I think through for myself and I talk through with others, what about writing it? Because that too gives you the time to say what you mean, to choose your words wisely, to be able potentially to write that thing and not send it right away so that you have time to review it, so that you have time to think through, does that say what I really want to say? You know, plenty of times people will write something and say, I'm going to sleep on it. I'm going to read that email tomorrow morning. I'm going to read that letter tomorrow morning. And then I'm going to be able to kind of do a gut check and see if that still resonates with how I feel, if that still truly says what I need to say. And then you get to send it to that person. And what's great about that is that that person gets the chance 
to read it and review it on their time, to take their time with it, and hopefully to take the time to respond to you in a way that they can be intentional about their word choice and less just reactionary and, and better able to think through what you've said, to process what you've said, to respond to what you've said, and to be able potentially to make some requests of you in that uh, interaction, in that conversation. You know, I think too often we try to have these conversations through text or Facebook Messenger and it just gets lost. It gets lost in where we actually are in the conversation or you made three comments and I made one and then you made five more and now I'm trying to catch up and, and it, that it gets lost in Facebook Messenger, I think, and in text Messenger. And I also think that when conversations really matter, those instant forms of communication may not truly portray what we want, what we need, and how we feel. And, you know, somebody uh, might say, well, the person that I want to talk to, I don't have access to. So say it was my best friend and it was five years ago before we reconnected. Or say um, somebody wanted to talk to someone who had passed away. You know, it's my belief that you can have that conversation anytime, right? That whether you visit the grave or you think about a fond memory, um, whether you write them a letter that you don't send. I even heard about somebody the other day, I thought this was so interesting, that they wrote a letter um, and put a stamp on the envelope and put the person's name and dropped it in the mailbox. No address. No return address, knowing it wasn't going to get to whoever that person was. But they went through the motions of writing the card, writing the letter, um, you know, putting that person's name on the envelope, putting a stamp on it, and sticking it in the mail, letting the universe work out the feelings that they had, and, and, and going through those motions of saying what they needed to say so that they could release themselves of whatever those feelings are, and to be able to put out into the universe what they, what they need and want. I often talk about the universe because I want to honor that people's religion and spirituality are different. And um, I truly believe in the law of attraction in this sense that what you give your time, energy, and attention to is attracted to you, that what, what you think about grows and expands. And so when you're putting love into the world, you're going to get more love back. When you're putting resentment into the world and anger into the world, you're going to get more of that back. When you put generosity and kindness into the world, you're going to get generosity and kindness back. And so sometimes writing that letter, even if it goes unsent or writing the email or having a conversation with a loved one that you don't have access to anymore allows the universe to know where your heart is, where your soul is, and invites you to be able to unload some of that negative emotion and the the fuel that is um, is charging that negative emotion and allows you to open up to the positive emotions you really want to have, the things you really want to feel, and tells the universe that you're ready. 
you're ready to open up. You're ready to live wholeheartedly. You're ready to love and to be kind and to be generous and to be authentic and to be inspired and to be connected. You're ready to have people enter your life who can serve you and honor you in ways that you really want and that then you're able to serve and honor them in the ways that they want. You know, that leads me to this idea about the golden rule, right? Many of us have heard about the golden rule, like that you um, treat other people the way you'd want to be treated. But there's a fault in that and an assumption that we all want to be treated similarly, and that is just not the case. It's just not the case. And so I've learned about the platinum rule, that you treat other people the way they want to be treated. You honor them in their skin, in their lives, in their situations, in the ways that they want to be treated. And then you have the courage and the audacity um, to, to ask for what you need in your life and um, from your friends in your relationships. So I encourage you today, now, in this radio show, whether you're listening live or you're listening um, as an archive, whether you're listening for the first time or the fifth time, what are the conversations you're leaving unsaid? Are they with yourself? Are they with someone you care about? Are they with a service provider? And how can you say what needs to be said in a way that honors you and your feelings about that situation, but that also honors that this other person is a human being and that you can find a way to share these, this information that needs to be said in a way that they can also hear it. So do you need to talk with yourself about the ways that you've settled in your life and how you're done settling and you want something more? Do you need to forgive yourself about something that you've been just harboring and feeling so guilty and frustrated and hurt about? Do you need to forgive yourself? Do you need to forgive someone else? Do you need to tell someone that you miss them? Do you need to tell someone that you love them? Do you need to talk about a deep, heavy grief you've been experiencing? Is there someone you need to share your appreciation with? Is there someone you need to thank for who they are in the world and how they've shown up for you? Is there a compliment you need to give? Is there a compliment you need to receive? Is there a no that you have to say? Is there a boundary you need to draw? Is there someone you need to go to and say, I screwed up and I'm sorry and here's what I did wrong and here's what I commit to doing moving forward? So what are the conversations that you need to have? With whom do you need to have them? What is the best way to go about having it? Honor yourself. Find the words. Have the conversation. And then let me know how it goes. Let me know how it goes. Get on my Facebook page at Grounded Vision Coaching and Consulting. Respond to this show on blogtalkradio.com. Share this 
radio show with someone that matters to you and talk about it or someone that you think would benefit from it and talk about it with them. We are all in this together, and I lately have been constantly reminded of the phrase, when the tide's in, all ships rise. And I used to say to my staff, I don't need anybody on the ship who isn't rowing in the direction the rest of us are rowing. I don't need any anchors here. I need people on my ship who are going to row with me. But the only way they know the direction that we're rowing is if I'm clear about what I want and need in my life and how they can contribute to helping me get it. And then I want to know how to row best on their ship with them. I hope you've enjoyed this radio show. I hope you'll be in touch with me. Again, like my Grounded Vision Facebook page. You can see me on uh, Morning Morsels. Every day I'm doing Facebook Lives. I'd love to have you join me. I'd love to get some feedback about this show for you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for hearing my stories and, and for being with me if you stuck through all of that. And I hope you'll continue to join us on Blog Talk Radio and the Life Coach Radio Network. We are doing some amazing work here, and I'm so glad you're along for the ride. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.